Hey friends, we are your hosts Leanne and Llewellyn and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. It is the getting to the end of December here and it's getting rather chilly here in Tennessee. Is it still blazing fire out there in Florida? It's still hot down here. <laughs> still in the 80s. Oh man, does it have any, um, are, is there any like forecasting for Christmas? Do you know, it's probably a little bit too far in advance, but do you know like what the estimated weather is going to be that day? Um, I don't, I mean, we've had, we've had some pretty like chilly days mm-hmm. in the last like month. I would say November was probably the coolest it's been since I've been here. And when I say cool, it was like mid seventies. Okay. Um, but then at night, like, it would get down in the 40s, so it would get pretty chilly for Florida. Yeah. Um, but then in the last, basically since December started, it's, like, back in the 80s. So I don't know what's happening, but I went from long pants to long shirts to back to shorts and tank tops. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what, what part of my closet to use. <laughs> I know. It's annoying. That's good. Um, okay, well, because we are punching these out back to back to back, we don't um, have any more updates for life updates so i guess we will go right into the episode recap and into the episode itself take it away Llewellyn. perfect all right so this week we watched season three episode 23 titled the one with ross's thing written by andrew reek i think reach something like that and ted cohen and directed by shelly jensen and originally aired on 5 1 1997 ross discovers a strange growth on his buttocks and phoebe dates a fireman and a teacher (laughs) spicy (laughs) all right so all right so this week we're going to go by topics this Um, is style (laughs) Yes, we have two styles, guys. Um, so the first topic we'll talk about is Phoebe and the boys. You know, her boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so we first see Phoebe, and she brings Vince, the firefighter, into the cafe. And she, like, points out every detail about the cafe. Like, here's the window. Like, this is where I sit when I sing. And here's this table. And here is the couch that we all sit on. Like, points out everything like Phoebe does. Mm-hmm. Um and they, she introduces him to the friends, tells him he's a fireman, and then Chandler says something, something, and I can't remember what it is he says, but Vince, okay, like has this stoic face. Yeah, do you know what it is he said? He said, um, "Oh shoot, no, I just forgot. I forgot what he said. It was something." It was a it was, it a was like very funny. distasteful fire joke. Yeah. And Vince just looks at him with like this blank face and he's like, Fire safety isn't a joke, friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was it was it was funny. It was probably one of my one of the best lines. Um But yeah, so then he's like, Oh, I gotta go to work, so he leaves. And then we find out that Phoebe isn't only dating him but that she's getting ready to go on a date with another guy jason who's a teacher these are two very different guys (laughs) they are i mean they are and they are and then we find out they're not (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so 
while Phoebe is on her date with Jason, they're kind of walking outside. I'm imagining they're, he's probably walking her home. Mm-hmm. Um, but they come across a car, like a trunk that's on fire, like pretty intensely on fire. Um, and he's like, well, we should probably call it firemen. And she looks at him like, well, if I wanted to, if I wanted to see one, I would date one. And then they just kind of like run away. Okay. What was um, interesting about that is like the car just like randomly combusts. Like, I don't think it was on fire. It just kind of became on fire while they were standing there, which is like, and you're right. It was the trunk. So it wasn't even the engine. Like, what was happening in that car? It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. I don't know. The only thing I can imagine is maybe, I mean, it was a set, so we don't know like what part of New York they were at, but maybe Mm -hmm. there was like a homeless encampment around there somewhere. Um that one of them used the end because it didn't look like a functioning car by any means yeah true but i don't know if they had one of those like um what are they the big barrels that they do like fires in oh yeah and maybe it just got too close i don't know yeah maybe but you're right it did happen like it was like not there and then all of a sudden it was there yeah um so then a little bit later uh, we're in the cafe again and phoebe mentions that she's going crazy dating two people she on one hand loves vince because he is a burly guy that has all the muscles and she just kind of like stops with that she's like that's basically all he is Mm -hmm. um and joey being joey is like well yeah of course date that guy pick him um and then she's like but jason he's so sensitive and he's sweet and she kind of stops there, and Chandler's like, well, that's important, so you should date him. Um, so they're kind of, like, picking for her. But then Joey makes the comment. He's like, yeah, of course you would say that, or you should date him, or something. He, and Phoebe's he was like, like Wait. yeah, choose the sissy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, he is not a sissy. And he's like, I was talking about Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> so good Uh, what i'm surprised that they didn't do is i'm surprised they didn't bring up that they really didn't highlight the idea that like women i mean this is stereotypically let me let me like expound on that stereotypically even though this is definitely not true women don't typically or stereotypically play the field but men do i'm surprised that they didn't like bring more attention to like the fact that she as a woman is like oh i'm just struggling with this when like what we're presented in media and like just men's personalities and their like MO is that they're fine playing the field, but none of that is really brought up. We just see that Phoebe's struggling. And I thought that was just interesting that they didn't dive into that like at all, which might've been a smart move, but they also bring up a lot of other things that also are very like non PC too. I don't know. It's just, yeah. It was just interesting to me. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, so eventually Phoebe decides that she's going to break up with Vince because she likes the sensitive side of Jason and she thinks that's what she would click more with in the long run. So she decides to break up with Vince. So she goes to the firehouse, which I'm just going to be honest, was probably a bad idea because how can you break up with a fireman in a firehouse? <laughs> it's Yeah, poor taste. <sighs> like in yeah. front of all his buddies? That just seems really embarrassing. Like, couldn't you, yeah, couldn't you wait till place. like your date or something or like say, can we meet up somewhere? Like going to his right. place of work? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes and slides down the <laughs> fire pole. So she goes. 
<laughs> well, she's Phoebe. She's not yeah. gonna wait. Yeah. Um. When she decides, she decides. So. True. She gets there. He slides down the pole. And right in front of one of his other buddies, mm-hmm. she decides to tell him like it's just not working. And in that exact moment, Vince, it's like his whole demeanor like switches. And I could tell like almost immediately that he was about to cry. Like he looked like he wanted to start sobbing. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Vince is not only a burly man, but he's also very sensitive. Very he might sensitive. even be more sensitive than Jason. <laughs> he's very sensitive. <laughs> it's, it's so like much kind so of that he s- runs off to write in his journal. Yes. It's like kind of sweet. And then they take it to like this level that's like, I'm going to go write in my journal. And I just don't. What's what is interesting is like the part of like even when Joey called Chandler a sissy, we thought that he was referring to what was it, Vince? No, Jason. Uh, Jason, yeah. We thought he was like referring to Jason, like, oh yeah, pick the sissy. And Phoebe's like, he's not a sissy. And it just brings up like the topic that again they don't dive into of just like what different like that masculinity in the past has had such like a structured definition when in fact like you can be sensitive and sweet and like and muscular and burly and also write in your journal and you know like there's so many masculinity does does not have just one definition it can be expressed in so many different ways um that it was like at first when I when Joey made that joke, I was like, "Ooh, like oh, they're really going there." And then all of a sudden, he was referring to Chandler, and I was like, oh, "Okay, they played that off like really easily," but they didn't really like yeah. address that at all either. But I thought that was just um, interesting. But they did go like really deep, really fast with Vince. I think just to like m- make us know, or sorry, Jason. Gosh, which one's which? I don't know. The firemen. firemen. They make the firemen (laughs) go like in the complete opposite direction just to like make it known to Phoebe that like he is sensitive too and that he should not be on the chopping block. Yeah. Yeah, it was very like, it was very obvious very quickly Mm -hmm. that he was sensitive. Um, Okay, so then later, Phoebe, and we'll talk more about it when we get to Monica's section, but uh, Phoebe makes the subtle question, can I bring two guests when they're talking about Monica's potential (laughs) wedding? Mm -hmm. Um, And Rachel immediately looks at her like, wait, I thought you broke up with Vince. And she's like, oh, this is my way of telling you I didn't. (laughs) Um, Because (laughs) Vince is also sensitive. And so she's still, we see that Phoebe is still in this predicament. um, But she decides, okay, well, Vince is burly and sensitive, then obviously I have to break up with Jason. Yeah, it's just math. So she... Right, it's just math. <laughs> yeah, it's one, and then the other finger, she did one, two, three. Yeah, it's just math. It's just math. Um, so we see her go to Jason's house, knocks on the door, and she opens it, which I don't understand why he had his shirt off to do this anyway, but she walks in, and Jason has, like, shirt off, pants on, full, like, six-pack, I'm pretty mm. positive that ma- I've never seen a more attractive man in that moment. Yes, <laughs> I have. But <laughs> I was shocked. I was honestly shocked because when we saw him earlier, I was like, yeah, he's attractive, but like not anything spectacular. But oh, that is so funny. 
than he was. Um, but also, we don't see that. We don't see that very often on Friends. We've talked about this when they have scenes where, like, one of the friends pulls their shirts up or whatever. It's, like, very quick. Mm-hmm. Or, like, they'll pan away and come back if they're, like, changing their shirt. Yeah. Um. So it was a little odd when we walked in and he was, like, half naked. It's not weird now because we see it all the time on TV shows, but on there it was. Sure. Um, but we find out that Jason is sensitive and burly, so... She is back in the same predicament. Yes. Yes. So he was, um, he had like the swoopy hair going, which was very like 90s and is also circulating back today as well. Like it is now again popular in like 2020, 2021. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's very, it, it was easy to like both of them and they both have different styles like one has like the short hair and is more of like that um, clean cut, and the other is like this artsy, yeah. you know, again like artsy teacher type. And yet they're both like yeah. cut. <laughs> I mean, so and cut. I feel like yeah, and I feel like um, what's his face, Jason, the teacher. He, I feel like looks a lot like Prince Charming in real life. Mm. Like if Prince Charming were a real person. Okay. Oh. I feel like he could play a good Prince Charming. At least at, at that point in his life, he could. Wow. That I don't know if he did. Like, that's a great look point. Up yeah. I don't know. I was just, I watched Enchanted, or Enchanted, yeah, Enchanted the other day. Oh, um, the one with um, Patrick Dempsey. Yes. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yes. And what's his face? What is his name? The guy that plays Prince Charming. I can't uh, think of his name. Is it Chris Pine? He's a famous actor. No. Oh. He oh, plays. it's going to drive me nuts. Who, what else is he in? Figure it out in real time. Literally blanking on all things that he's in. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> Maybe you'll think of right it now. as you go on. Oh, James Marsden. Oh, James Marsden. Um, uh, yeah, so 27 plays... Dresses. Hello. <laughs> I know. I, I blanked, okay? I admitted. Um I mean, he's he's attractive, and he plays a good Prince Charming, but he I could see this guy playing it more, even. like, fitting the style of the character. Yeah. I don't even know who this actor is. I've seen him in other things. I just can't tell you what his name is. Oh, okay. Nice. But yeah, anyways, so Vince and Jason are both in the picture still. So at the end, we see Phoebe in the cafe <laughs> singing, strumming her guitar, and we see Vince is already there, like enjoying it mm-hmm. and before we get to the next part who are those chums sitting on the couch did you notice it no <laughs> no well well it showed the couch quickly and i was like oh the friends are all there listening to her because that's usually what happens and then it panned away and it came back and there were three like random people sitting on the orange couch wait so the friends were there and then they weren't there or you just assumed they'd no. be there I just assumed they were there because oh, it was a okay. boy and two girls. Sure. <clears throat> so I assumed it was, you know, the girls and like Chandler or something. Yeah. But no. Or Joey. Like, who, Interesting. Who are these chums? It was, it was weird. Maybe the friends were all finally at their jobs that they're never at. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> You're probably not wrong. Um, anyways, that aside, they're sitting there, Vince is enjoying, and Jason walks in. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe immediately notices and goes from, you know, singing, in air quotes, the way she sings, um, 
and just kind of starts mumbling into the mic. And it's just very awkward because mm-hmm. she understands that this is the moment where she's going to have to confess and everything's going to have to come to light. Yes. And so Jason goes up after she's done. Or what did she say when she ended? She's she like, said, this okay, is the thank you. And as me. always, no one come talk to me after the show. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but naturally, Jason walks up and not only talks to her, but starts kissing her. Mm-hmm. And Vince jumps in. He's like, hey, hey, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And it just spirals quickly. She confesses. And then they seem upset. But then they also don't seem upset. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, yeah, like it was never anything exclusive. And it's not like you slept with each other. And Vince is like, well, she didn't sleep with you. And so that was the tipping point for Jason. He's like, well, I can't. I can't do this. And so he leaves. Um and, he, and she's like, but, but I, what did, he, what did she say? She's like, but I made you a picnic in the woods. And yeah, like a picnic in the park. A candlelight yeah. picnic in the park. That's what it was. That was it. A candlelight picnic in the park, which is important. So he leaves and she walks over to the vents and she's like, well, that could have been a lot more awkward. <laughs> and just acts like everything is cool. And he looks at her like, you didn't make me a candlelight dinner picnic in the park. And she's like, well, I can totally do that for you if you want me to. And he's like, do you know how dangerous to have an open flame in a wooded area is? And storms out, just like Jason did. Yeah, she lost them both. She did, which is like kind of unfortunate because, you know, you're rooting for her. Yeah, but I mean, she had it's what you got. She had two hunky hunks and now she got nothing, nothing. Nothing, nothing. All right. Anything else about Phoebe and her men? It was probably my favorite of Phoebe's storyline so far. Like, it was a good... Like, this yeah. is probably one of the first episodes where I can say the the episode featured Phoebe, and it was a good storyline. Yeah. Like, yeah, even I though it agree. is throwaway, like, it doesn't travel from one episode to another, it's still a good storyline for her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That's it. All right. So now let's go to Ross and his thing. <laughs> I, like, Already literally did not remember what the thing was until we were in the episode. I just could not remember. Like, yeah. what is his, what thing? Yeah. All right. So this storyline starts right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're in the apartment, the boys apartment and just like a throwaway thing with Chandler and Joey who really aren't in the episode that much. Um, they're talking to the, or about the duck and the chicken and they're talking about what would happen if they had a baby. And they're like, well, what would we call it? Chuck? And Chandler looks at Joey and is like, or Dick. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Good joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Stor- or Storms. Uh, Ross Storms in. Mumbled my words. And it's just like, you can tell from the moment he comes in that he, he is like frustrated about something. So he begins by telling the story that he was in the shower. And I feel like he tells too much detail. Like, you could have just said I was in the shower and I found something. But yes. No. So oh, my I'm gosh. You're in so the right. shower, scrubbing my body, like, exfoliating, or he said something. And then he's like, and then I felt it. And he's not talking about what it is. Very vague. But then he starts unbuttoning his pants, which is just weird. Um and he shows Chandler and Joey, and they are 
just grossed out at the fact that Ross is dropping his pants in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he's wanting them to look at it because he can't see down there. And um, so they're moving around trying to like not look, but look because it's one of those weird times I imagine where like you want to look, but you also don't want to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel walks in and is just stunned at whatever she just walked in on. Yeah, he keeps, like, backing into them, like, trying to, like, (laughs) shove his butt. Yeah, make him see even better. And then as soon as they go in to get a closer look, that's when Rachel walks in. It's, like, the worst timing. (laughs) Yeah, and Chandler stands up, and it's, well, it's definite. Two more weeks of winter. And just kind of looks at Rachel, and it goes to the next scene. Mm -hmm. So we intro Ross's thing. And then... We go to the cafe, and Ross walks in, and is all mopey, as Ross likes to be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets to the counter, and the guys come over, and is like, yeah, so what'd the doctor say? And Ross is just, he goes from, like, mopey to mad. Yeah. He's, like, mad that the thing is only benign. Like, he's, I feel like you should be happy it's benign um, yeah. and not cancer or something. Um, but then he's he's mostly mad because it's it's so benign that the doctor didn't name it or couldn't re- didn't want to remove it because he's like there's no need to remove this so why do it? Well, he was too and scared so Ross, to remove it because he didn't know what it was exactly. Right. So it's like he, that's super frustrating when you're like you just want some progress, and so like not yeah. only do you not know what it is, but you're also not going to cut it off to find out. It's just going to like stay here. Yeah, I guess that would be frustrating. I don't know. But, I just think, like, when people yeah. get something like that that they're worried about, and then, like, literally, like, nothing happened. Like, he didn't get any result. He still doesn't know anything, and it's also still there. So that can be kind of... I could see how that would be frustrating. Yeah, well, Chandler tries to encourage him by telling him about his, you know, the doctor. Maybe you should go see the doctor that took my third nipple off and that just kind of like infuriates Ross more because that has a name and his doesn't have a name. So then Joey suggests, well, maybe it's so new that they'll name it after you. And you know, Joey trying to be helpful, but isn't. Which Joey's not far off. Every time they have like a brand new something, it's like, that's how like Lou Gehrig's disease comes into play because Lou Gehrig had the disease. And like, if you're the kind of the first well-known or you know the first real like sufferer of it then like it's gonna be named after you so like joey's not far off it's just not helpful yeah for sure so next scene we see ross at another doctor and (laughs) (laughs) i think the doctor thinks that it's it's somewhere like easily accessible but then ross starts to unbutton his pants (laughs) And the doctor kind of, like, backs up, and he's like, whoa, 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 what are we doing? Like, what's happening here? Um, and he, like, I mean, the fact that, like, Ross is so confident of just, like, pulling it down fast, like, pulling his pants down fast, it just, like, baffles me. Well, like, I feel like and I would Ross lied straight to his face. He said it was a third nipple. Oh, yeah. He's like, it's, it's like a third nipple. And so the guy thinks that you should be taking oh, yeah. off your yeah. shirt. So, like, Ross created this his own scenario here, and the doctor was like, whoa, whoa, hey. Yeah. So the doctor takes one 
quick look at it and immediately walks to the door and calls for another doctor to come in who is talking to another doctor and he, so he's busy and he's like oh i don't i don't care like that guy or that doctor does strange or is known for looking at strange things so bring him in too and mm-hmm. ross is like what <laughs> um so then we go back to the cafe because ross or Wait. No, he's still in I'm, the doctor's office. Yes, he's still in the doctor's office. We jump to another scene and then come back. Mm-hmm. And in the doctor's office, Ross is laying on the table. Um, and there's like probably, what, 10, 15 doctors in there? Yeah. And the guy, the original <laughs> like doctor the that he went in there, yeah, has like is like putting his gloves on and has like a mask on and his... Goggles. Yeah, it's just really intense. Um, yeah. But no, there's, like, no results. Like, all the guys are still stumped. Yeah, um, it's almost like, this is show and tell. In my 23 years of being a medical professional, I've never seen something like this. And then he just is, like, open for business. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a so poor weird. way of wording it. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so then we go back to the cafe, and there's still no, like, mm-hmm. there's nothing. Like, no progress. And... um Phoebe instructs Ross that she should get it removed by her herbal guy, hmm. which he immediately shoots down. He's like, no, like, why would I ever, why would I do that? Like, no, I don't want to do that. And then Monica reminds him so lovingly, as sisters do, that when a girl sees something weird on a guy when she's, you know, undressing him, that's like a, a big turn off. Well, she tells and all her Ross, friends. Oh, yeah. She tells all her friends. Yeah. That's what she said. Um so then Ross immediately turns back to Phoebe and is like, yeah, what's your guy's name? And she hands over the card. So then the next scene we see him with Guru Saj. Is that what he called him? <laughs> I didn't even Guru. write it down. I don't know. <laughs> it's this like whiter than white guy. Yes. <laughs> with glasses and like the, the wanna, wannabe like fro, like white fro. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells Ross, he's just really weird. I was too, like, focused on watching the interaction between them that I really mm. didn't write much. But he tells Ross that it's a kundus. Yeah. Whatever the heck that is. He didn't even really explain what a kundus is. Well, he turned um, it into, like, a joke. As if, like, the joke was supposed to mean something. But even that didn't make sense. Yeah. It was so, It was really weird. It was really awkward. Yeah. The whole interaction was weird. But then he tells him that he has a salve that will shrink it. So he puts it on there. And then, like, it just it just got weird. So he puts that on there, and then he says that he angered it. And he, like, does this weird thing with his hands where he waves it around it. And then he just, like, walks, kind of steps away. And he's like, oh. And Ross is like, what? What? Like, what happened? And he feels back there, and it's gone. And he's like, my watch got it. Yeah, it was – well, it was really painful. Ross was like, ow, what was that? And he's like – it's it's gone. That's all I can say. And he was like, wait, how? And he's like, well, it got caught in my watch. So it was sort of like the guy didn't mean to do it. And it totally took mm-hmm. care of it and took Ross like off guard. But it, it technically is like all taken care of now. Yeah, but he still really didn't get any answers. Like, I know. What was it? But it's gone. So I guess that is. Yeah. Helpful. Yes. And that's really the last we see of Ross and his thing. Yes. So. Anything else about that? Nope. Cool. 
Um, all right, then let's talk about Pete and Monica. So, which is kind of like the third part. It wasn't mentioned in the description, but it was a decently large part of the show. Yeah, it was like um, the sort of like a C storyline. And I'd call it the yeah. B storyline. Phoebe's Phoebe was like the main. I'd say Monica was B, and then like Ross was a C storyline. Yeah, I'd say that too. So uh, we first we first hear Monica. She comes in the cafe in the beginning, and she is just all distraught because she thinks that Pete's going to break up with her because mm-hmm. he left a voicemail um, saying that I want to talk when we get back, or I we need to talk when I get back. Yeah. Um, and so she, I mean. I don't know about you, but if, if I were to get that message, like I would instantly start freaking out and like probably have gone to the same place Monica did. Yeah. I mean, I'll get it from a friend. I'll be like, what did I do wrong? Oh no. Like I'm instantly like my stomach's in knots. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Like I remember even when I was a kid and my, my parents would be like, all right, we're going to talk about that later. I would freak out. Like, what did I do? What, what happened? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I can get where Monica's coming from. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so a little while later, they're back in the cafe, and I missed part of this conversation, but somehow she has to go to his house or Pete's Do you want me to, to fill it in? Plants. Yes. Okay. So Monica's essentially like, okay, I've got to go. Like, I've got to go water his plants. And she's like, well, maybe I shouldn't water his plants if he's going to break up with me. And Chandler's like, well, maybe Joey and I can water his plants, if you know what I mean. And then Joey doesn't get... <laughs> He just calls out the joke. He's like, or we could go pee on it. And, like, yeah, that's okay. exactly the joke that Chandler was making. But, like, it was less obvious than that. So Joey, Joey yeah. just, like, completely missed it. Okay. That was it. That makes sense. I, like, wrote part of it down. But I think I missed part of the conversation. So I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But that does. So thank you. You're welcome. So then a little while later, we are at Pete's house. And Monica doesn't just bring Chandler and Joey, but she brings all the friends. <laughs> all which, to be honest, like, I would want to see a millionaire's house uh, as well. Yeah. And it's definitely, like, 90s rich. Like, you can tell just by, yeah. like, the furniture and stuff. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when Joey walks over and he's like, man, that's a really small screen for a for a millionaire. And he's she's like, oh, that's not a screen. That's his wall, te- or that's his wall phone. Yeah. Or his video yeah, wall call. phone. Video Video phone. call. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's like probably it's the so easiest outdated, name, and we just struggled for like 10 seconds to figure out. <laughs> it's basically Zoom and a small TV. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yes. Um, but I think my favorite line in this whole thing, because they're all just like, she's telling them like, don't touch that, and like, don't touch that, don't touch anything. And because um, she's freaking out, doesn't want Pete to know that they're there. Mm-hmm. And Chandler sits on the couch, and he's like, Ikea, this is comfortable. <laughs> I wrote that too. It's so good. <laughs> I was like, that's that's good. Um, but one thing I miss is when we first walked in, or when she first walked in, she was speaking to the lights, which is a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And she couldn't figure out how to get the lights to turn on. But then the phone starts ringing, or the wall phone thingy starts ringing. And um, she's like, oh my gosh, how do I answer this thing? And then it just pops up. <laughs> because apparently how you answer it is just saying answer it. Or something. Or maybe just um, her face being in, like, the receptacle, like, on the receiving end, like, almost like a face recognition. Like, as soon as it sees a face, it answers. 
Maybe. Someone, oh, I think it's I think it's voice recognition because at the end, remember she says, call mom, or someone's like, I have to call mom, and then it calls his mom. Oh, you're right. Maybe by just saying answer. Um, yeah, probably. So it answers, and it's Pete, and she's startled, so all the friends just drop <laughs> to the floor or on the couch or whatever, which would so be good. so obvious. Yeah. Um. So she's, you know, oh, just just here watering your plants. And he's like, oh, uh, don't forget the ficus over there by Rachel. <laughs> and so then Rachel pops up. Um, and all the friends, like, and she, no, she like, points at Joey or Chandler. And she's like, yeah, but Chandler's on the couch. <laughs> and is all tattling or whatever. Um, but Pete clearly doesn't care. Like, he doesn't look like he no. cares at all. So Monica is just being very, like, timid and, like, not really sure what to say. And... And she asks him, doesn't she? Like, yeah, she's like, like, "Hey, so you said we need to talk later. Like, is is it like oh, yeah. good news?" And he says, "Oh, yeah. it's good. Oh, news. it's great. <laughs> yeah." So yeah. then they hang up, and she's like super excited. Mm-hmm. And then he hangs up, and um, I think it was Rachel. Rachel's like, "Oh my gosh, what if he's gonna propose to you?" And they're all like kind of excited, and Joey's like looking at it at his desk and he's like oh uh his checkbook. what's this uh, yeah what's this fifty thousand dollar thing to this like ring place that he says for ring and then design. he turns around yeah and then he turns around he's like what's everybody talking about <laughs> and like monica is like instantly i think excited and scared at the same time like the expression on her face yeah um so we think or everybody is assuming that he's gonna propose so we go to the next Okay, wait, scene, but a fifty thousand dollar ring. <laughs> it's, it's so much money. I mean, but he's rich, so have we talked about how much is too much for a ring on this podcast? I think so, but I mean it's I feel like it's topical. So real quick, how much is too much? Or like over that amount is too much. Well, I'm kind of cheap, so I would say over like three grand is too much. Oh, 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 ouch. <laughs> that that hurts me so but much. But that's me. That's me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even want someone to spend that much on me. Like, that no, is everyone, still too much in I my get opinion. It. Everyone's got their own, like, I get that. My, <laughs> mine is. But also, also, wait, before you say, <laughs> I don't wear rings or jewelry, really. So to me, it's like, I'm not going to put a $5,000 ring on my finger sure. that I know that I will lose. <laughs> You think so, so? Oh, hands down. But if you never swell and they go down, and so like I would lose that thing in a heartbeat. I've lost rings before that are very important to me. Oh dang, Llewellyn. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Get that together. So just forewarn, I will probably be wearing uh, one of those plastic or rubber, rubber. ones. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Um, okay, my how much is too much is ten thousand. <laughs> Okay, I mean, that's valid. Um, but I also have an agreement with my sister that um, uh, white sapphire, I've heard, is also a really great alternative because it's cheaper, but the look is very much the same. And I told my sister, I was like, even if a diamond is not possible at the beginning, I still want the size to be like a certain size. And I know if it was a diamond, it would be around that much anyways. So I said, if we need to start out with white sapphire in the middle, I am totally okay with that. And then at some point in the future when he wants to, he can upgrade me to a diamond. 
Like on a anniversary or something? Yeah, like, I don't know, 10, whatever, like, the diamond anniversary is even. Like, you know how there's, like, different anniversary things? Like, year one is paper, year two is, I don't know, but it goes on. But anyways, um, so I told her, I was like, so it might even be way, way less than that, but I'm like, 10K is like, after that, it's like, uh, uh, okay, like, maybe that's too much, so... (laughs) That's me. But anyways, I think we've talked about it before, so I've probably felt this judged before. <laughs> anyway, so move on. Let's move on. Hey, I'm not judging you at all. So um, I'm too bougie for my own good, Llewellyn. <laughs> no, it's bougie. all good. I can't wait to attend your wedding someday. So there's that. I'll live it up at your wedding. Um, okay, so we all assume that, or they all assume that she's going to, be proposed to Mm -hmm. so we go back to the apartment and the friends are all just like you know ooing and eyeing over this but rachel is like in awe of how much money monica would have if they got married (laughs) and like at your wedding you could have a money bouquet and money centerpieces (laughs) and like all the things could be made out of money like money Um, placemats and you can put money in the invite (laughs) cards Yeah, she was going on and on and on. And most of the friends are, like, kind of encouraging it. Like, yeah, like, this would be so cool and all of that. And then Ross is like, well, it's, like, marrying somebody is a big deal. Like, this is a big decision. Mm -hmm. And immediately Rachel's like, well, what do you know? You married a lesbian. (laughs) And everybody just gets, like, silent. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, so then it just gets, like, super quiet for, like, probably a good like 20 seconds Mm -hmm. and then rachel screams and everybody's like what the heck and she's like oh i was just imagining what it would be like to catch a money bouquet (laughs) this girl classic rachel that's so funny but then we go to the cafe and rachel is in full-on wedding mode Mm -hmm. and the girl ain't even been proposed to yet yeah So, so she brings in all the catalogs and monica you know you can tell from her face she's like rachel like no like this is too much um but then she pulls out you know like well wouldn't you look great in this wedding gown and phoebe's like oh girl you should just get that now (laughs) like it was just an everyday outfit for clubbing um yeah and so then monica like admits she's like i woke up like like thinking about saying yes and like what that would look like to say yes and Mm. rachel and phoebe were just like you know, enamored by the fact that Monica is actually excited and like looking forward to the potential of saying yes. Um, because I think, and I mean, I can't speak for them, but like, I think of all the girls, like, I feel like Monica would be the most hesitant to get married mm-hmm. because she's so particular and she's so like, she knows what she wants. So if it doesn't line up with that, she's not going to say yes. Yeah. Um, so I think, to see her in this light of like before it even happens like oh my gosh like i would be really excited like if this actually happened was kind of cool i thought yeah yeah it was a good way to present it for sure yeah yeah so (laughs) oh and then at the end of that um monica gets up and she's like i'm gonna go get another piece of pie she's obviously stress eating Mm because she (laughs) is nervous about what's gonna happen um but then we go to Pete's. He's home. They went on a date. They come back to his place. Uh, and he's just talking about all the things that he's doing in his life and all the companies that he owns and all the marketplaces he's been a part of and 
all the hundreds of thousands of things he's done. Um, and he's like, yeah, but there's just like one thing missing. Um, he's like, I have the girl. And like, he's got the perfect setup to like propose to her. Like everything he's saying is he's perfect. He's like, I've conquered the business world. I've conquered the academic world. Like, and I, and I've, and I have the most beautiful woman in the world. And you're like, you're right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just say it. Um, but then he spits out, it's time for me to conquer the physical world. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, she's I like, want to be the okay. ultimate. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, like, what does that mean? Like, it, the physical world, he hasn't quite said what he's doing. It's that weird, like, are you, it, this is a weird proposal if you're still trying to go in that direction. <laughs> like, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Because uh, it's like she's trying to hold on to, like, that last glimmer of hope yes um (laughs) but unfortunately he says he wants to become the ultimate fighting champion Mm -hmm. so his fifty thousand dollar check to a ring designer was for a physical like boxing ring oh no so it's very unfortunate because you can immediately see like the the disdain in like Monica's face and just how sad she was. Monica's like, um, what? And yeah. he was like, I want you ringside with me. I want you close enough to smell the blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ugh. Oh no, this is the opposite of a proposal. Like this is, yeah, this is the worst. Yeah. When you're expecting so, a proposal, it's the worst. Yes. Yeah. But Monica looked gorgeous in that dress and like her little oh, shawl thing or whatever. I was like, she looks hot. She did. Yeah. I think this is like, I feel like this to the <clears throat> end is like when Monica or Courtney is like in her prime. Cause I feel like she just keeps getting more attractive on mm. the female side. Mm. Um, nice. Cause I like love her hair right now. And like, she's, she's a like great size. Like she's just, yeah, mm-hmm. I think guys probably adored her back then even though rachel was like the one everybody talked about i feel like courtney cox was very for that time was like very attractive yeah it was sort of like the blonde versus the brunette like most people were going to be like oh jennifer aniston jennifer aniston the rachel haircut but i'll bet that there was a good chunk of people out there too that were like courtney cox oh yes (laughs) yeah for sure um, so yeah, that's basically the end of that and of the whole episode. Yeah. But I do want to mention the tag just because <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was. So they started and ended the show with Chandler and Joey, which I think is, is nice when they do that. Like yeah. when they at least give them like us, like something, um, because it was a very odd episode to like not have those two really in it. Yeah. Um, but they're at the the place of the herbal guy of Phoebe's herbal dude. Um, and they're holding the duck and they're just like, you know, encouraging him or whatever. And then the herbal guy walks in, he like kind of like jumps next to Joey and he's like, are you aware that you're holding a duck right now? And he's like, yeah, he has a bad cough. So we brought him here to see if he has anything you could do to help him. And he kind of walks around and he's like contemplating something. And then he turns around and he's like, do you think he would eat a bat? And the duck goes nuts. It just starts, like, flailing all over the place. Yeah. How did they get the duck to do that? 
I have no idea. It must have been the way, like, like, Joey pinched him or something. Or maybe just Joey was holding him. Yes. I have to imagine that that was it because, like, it was so perfectly timed that they're like, hey, if you don't hold his feet and you just hold under his belly, he'll, like, flap his wings because he thinks he's, like, he needs to stay, like, steady. And they just kept their demeanor so well, like, both of the Matthews. Like, they just played that part really well. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. Anything else in the episode? No, I'm good. Awesome. Uh, okay, so, yeah, favorite scenes? Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. I know, this was a hard one to have a favorite scene. Um, I think, not for the way... <laughs> Not for the way that it's going to sound, but I think when Joey, oh no, oh my gosh, no. When Phoebe walks in on Jason, the teacher, right? I think is who is who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's all ripped. He's like got construction like project on and he's like, Phoebe, you sounded really serious. Like, do we, like is something wrong? And she's like, nope. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> moment of like, What's hilarious about it is, like, you realize the conundrum has just deepened that much more. And, like, the same predicament she was in at the beginning where she liked them both. Like, she spent the episode trying to figure out which one was, like, more likely to stick around longer. And then the fact that they end up on the same playing field again is just, like, a really funny moment for Phoebe. And, like, for the audience to, like, be watching Phoebe walk through it. I just thought it was, like, a really great development of that that there wasn't an easy pick it was like these guys are the same like in in what things she's judging them on and it makes it even more hilarious because she couldn't figure out a way to weed one of them out like they both ended up leaving her because she couldn't decide but I thought like just that moment where she walks in and she's like nope (laughs) because she's like really thrilled but you also know like what she's gotten herself into now. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I think my favorite scene would probably be when the girls were on the couch in the cafe and Rachel came in all wedding mode-ish. Just because I, I think... I liked seeing Monica in, I think, that light where, like, she looked like she was excited for what was to come. Because I feel like for a long time, she's just been, like, in this rut of, like, I lost, like, I don't have a good job. And, Mm. you know, I can't, like, I I don't have Richard anymore. And just, like, she's kind of been in a weird place. So I liked that moment where it was almost like she allowed herself to imagine what her future would look like. Yeah. And she liked it. So I think... um, the way they portrayed that in her, I would definitely say that was probably my favorite. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. Episode rating. Mm. That's a hard one. Um, probably going to say we were on a break. Mm. Um, just because, I mean, I like that. Well, one, I don't know why it was named after Ross. Like, Nobody cares. Um, I know. His was so, like, the smaller storyline. It was so yeah. dumb. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that Phoebe actually got, like, a good chunk of the episode. Mm-hmm. 
and that it was good, like we'd already talked about. Um, but I, I don't know. Like it wasn't my favorite. I guess I probably could say, I mean, I'm like right there between Unagi and we were on a break. Cause it's like, it's not my favorite, but there were a lot of like cool things that happened. It was funny. Phoebe had an actual part. Um, I don't know. I'm just making things up at this point, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll help you split the difference because I was going to say unagi anyways. So okay. I'll give it an unagi for all the reasons. I love that Phoebe had a um, a storyline and that the storyline was substantial and it held and it was funny and creative. It wasn't like so throwaway that it was just like, this is a stupid storyline. It was just kind of funny and it fit Phoebe and like a little bit more of her personality. Um, I didn't really care for Ross's storyline at all. Like I couldn't care less. Um, but like even with Monica and Pete, just having the friends like put their input and Rachel being super excited. I just thought it was, it, it was good enough of a storyline for them, but it's really just setting up what's to come for them um, towards the end of the series. So as we wrap up these next couple episodes, so I'll give it a unagi. Uh, okay, so in this post-show wrap-up, do you have a recommend to a friend? Oh, I was just trying to think if I did. Um, why don't you tell yours? Okay. And then if I can think of one, I will. Sure. Um, we had a we have a Secret Santa thing happening at our work, so um, we all drew four different people, um, obviously, in our department. Um, there's nine of us total. And someone, I had wanted this book, it's this pink book, and it's matcha is just the name of the book. And it's just, it looks really pretty, and I love matcha green tea. And so even though I didn't ask for it, someone bought me one of those bamboo matcha whisks, uh, whisks. and it's, it's like the right way to blend your hot matcha tea when you're brewing it and like letting it steep and you're letting it kind of dissolve into the hot water. You're supposed to whisk it all together. And I'm just like so grateful that they went like above and beyond to go in addition. Like they didn't just assume I already had it just because I wanted a book that said matcha. They got it for me. And it's something that I had been secretly wanting but never like realized to ask for. It was like, oh, great. Now I don't have to buy that but I should have it as part of my repertoire. So um, for those of you who like uh, matcha green tea, I do like it. I do like it cold, but now that we're in the winter months, I can't wait to use my bamboo matcha whisk, which is apparently the correct way to help stir in the matcha powder into your water when it dissolves. So highly recommend that to a friend. Nice. Um, And I did not think of one, so. Okay. I've not tried a whole lot of new things lately, so that's probably why. Okay. Um, then can I give two? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to do it now just because I know I already have them picked out for our next two episodes to wrap up the year. Um, there's this app. Speaking of Secret Santa, there's this app called Elfster, E-L-F as an elf, and then Stir, S-T-E-R, Elfster. Um, it's an app that you can download so that you can – administratively coordinate a secret Santa gift exchange and not have one person be the distributor of like the wish lists and know who has who in order to coordinate it. You can be part of the draw, 
where they will automatically draw the names for you. You have a certain amount of time that you can select on, you know, how long you have to register. And then after everyone registers, you tell the app what date you want the names to be drawn. And then you get automatically automatically notified within the app. You can create wish lists within the app so that as people are shopping for you, you can list out what you want, which I think is just, it was such an easy find and it's an easy lift. Like it's a really big lift for us as a team so that one of us didn't have to like sit it out while everyone else participated, which is what the team had to do last year. So I'm just, it was a great resource and not only am I using it for my team, but I also used it for my group of girlfriends, um, Elizabeth, who will be on in the later episodes with me, um, her, Sarah, and then our other mutual friend, Marie, all did it together. And so um, it's just an easy way to shop without like sending lists and trying to send it in a bulk text when all you need is one person. You can ask questions to the person that you drew anonymously so that you didn't give yourself away. But if you need to know like, their size or their favorite color or something like that, you can ask them anonymously so that they don't know who drew them. So it's just, it was a really cool resource. So Elfster as an app for your secret Santa, um, recommend that to a friend as well. (laughs) Nice. Cool. Okay, really quick before we sign off. Um, On episode 78, which was the episode that just launched last week, it was the second episode to drop that week, and it was just Llewellyn and myself, the one with the screamer, which we, of course, renamed, but um, so episode 78. If you listen to our podcast on Spotify, on episode 78, there is a poll within that episode if you can go into the episode and you scroll past the description, there's a little Q&A in there too, which was one question for you to answer if you wanted to, if you're like maybe from the 90s and know more about the TSA existing or not, because we definitely had questions about that in the episode. But if you scroll past that a little bit, there is a poll that Llewellyn and I would love if you could take. Um, just in light of Llewellyn having hosted by herself with Nicole, one of our mutual friends, um, a couple episodes ago, and also leading this episode with this style of agenda. We just really wanted to hear feedback from you, our listeners, on do you prefer one over the other? Do you like both? Do you like neither? Like, We need your feedback so that moving into 2022 and beyond, we can um, more effectively just communicate to you, our listeners, and um yeah change things up if that's what's wanted and needed so please go take that poll it will be live on episode 78 between now and uh december 31st so the end of the year if for some reason we don't get enough feedback we'll extend it a little bit um but we want to have like a hard end so that way we get feedback in a good amount of time so that way for those of you who are listening to it late um you can jump back on it so Um, As of right now, December 31st is the deadline for that of 2021, just for those of you who are listening later. Um, And we really want to hear your feedback on our show agenda styles. Does that make sense, Llewellyn? Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Well, that's all we have for you on this episode. So next week, Leanne... In like 20 seconds when you sign off. In like 20 seconds. (laughs) Just kidding. We'll catch you in like 20 seconds. (laughs) As soon as you end this one, the next one, you will hear 
is going to be, <laughs> well, it'll be titled different, but it'll be the episode, the one with the ultimate fighting champion. Yes. So until 20 seconds from now, <laughs> we will see you soon on the One With Friends <laughs> podcast.